Hello everyone, I'm Ismail Pai Civico and I wish you a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Civic Podcast. Now, in this episode, I'm going to make the case on why everyone should be a skeptic. But at the same time, I will explain both sides of that story, which is virtually twofold and it's a double-edged sword, saying that if you become too skeptic, you're really in a position where you could fall into conspiracy theories. So not everything is good about being a skeptic, uh, but it is a general philosophy you should take in order to develop an actual way of critical thinking. So today I would like to speak about scepticism and why it's so badly perceived or negatively perceived generally in the uh, in the public sphere. So there are two things I'm sure of. One is that I need a beard trim and two is that everyone should be a skeptic. Everyone should be skeptical about everything, absolutely everything. And you can't really make any any exceptions because when you make one exception you're let's say you're in danger of making more exceptions right so when you make one exception to your general rule or your general value or general let's say perception of things in general you're more likely to do more exceptions and the time that when that exception will actually have a negative effect on yourself on your persona or or people around you is when things get really difficult, right? Because uh, you say, oh, okay, it was just one exception and then you do another exception and do another exception. So that's why I, I generally do prefer that we're actually skeptic about everything. Uh, now, being skeptic doesn't necessarily mean that you just don't believe everything. Of course you have to believe things. If not, how can you, let's <laughs> say, have a personality, right? You need to believe some things, you need to have some values, some structure. Um, being skeptic basically means that you doubt things the first time you hear them, right? Or when people, it's basically one of the symptoms of being disagreeable. Um, that's maybe a reason why generally women do better in, um, biological women, again, if you will, do better in, in school or in education because generally more agreeable than men. So, well, that's just one of, one of the hypotheses. There are, there are various reasons for that, but that could be one of them. Um, so being disagreeable in general or, or being skeptic is not something that's bad. You, you, you should be skeptic to a certain extent. Now, it's a double-edged sword, right? So if you're too skeptic about everything, you're never going to believe anything. And then in the end, you're going to become a conspiracy theorist. So I would say that's one of the edges where it really gets difficult if you're too much of a skeptic, let's say, and you can't really control that skepticism in a, in a healthy manner that you actually do start to believe in all the conspiracy theories that come after that, that in the end just don't believe anything that there is in the public sphere. Um, it's what's happening a lot with uh, with actually mainstream media, is that in the end, if you, if you become too skeptic, you will never actually believe anything unless it's, it's well supported or well argu argumented. So 
So you need to be very careful with this balance, let's say, of skepticism and non-skepticism or or believe everything. Now, the other, the other edge of that sort would be that if you're not skeptic at all whatsoever, you're just going to gob everything that you hear or that you read or that you see. Um, and that becomes really problematic because then in the end, you just become a sheep, basically. You just believe everything you hear, you believe everything you see, and you don't even ask yourself the relevant questions that need to be asked regarding that specific topic. So, so... So, so those are the two problems, right? They are they are twofold in, in, in that regard. And, and I'm going to try and dig in into, into those two specifically. And why I thought about skepticism generally now, because uh, it's, it, it, it's perceived in a negative manner quite a bit. We hear a lot the term Eurosceptic, right? And generally when we use the term Eurosceptic, just to take an example, is when you try to define someone that is anti-EU or anti-European Union. But that's not technically the case, right? Uh, if you're a Eurosceptic, I mean, I'm very pro-European and still I consider myself a Eurosceptic. Why? Because the European Union is not a standardised, apart from the from the value pillars, if you will. So there, so there is that that underlining thing we have to agree on uh, to create the European Union, uh, this political project, this political and social and economic project, uh, let's say, um, so that we can agree. But then how the European Union starts to evolve or starts to change throughout the years, that's when you need to actually start making questions because you need to consider it or you need to treat it as any other government, right? What do you want from them? And if something comes up that you do not want from them, uh, you need to be sceptical about it and say, okay, I don't really agree with that. Why is that the case right now? What's really happening? Uh, just bang my mic. Um, so, 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 so that's why I generally am skeptical, skeptical about about everything. And and, and this actually was wasn't that well for me in school. Um, I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I came home with like some homework or something, and I said, "Mum, wait, this isn't right." Uh, and then she went like, "Yes, it is. Just say whatever the teacher wants you to hear." Um, and she still generally tells me the same thing. Yeah, it's just. Don't contest it. Just just tell them what they want to hear and then you will pass. It's a game. So, yeah, okay. I mean, I do agree that in school you need to be very, very careful because uh, it can be a bias from the teachers, right? And and you generally need to, see, need, need to say what they want to hear. That's the whole point of school right now. Uh, but we can speak about school on another time. I mean, it's funny because every time I do an episode, I always bring up another topic, but then I know I will not have time to speak about that topic because it will be too long. And I'm trying to keep these episodes as, as short as possible, let's say around 25, 30 minutes. Uh, but I'm trying to do a, a special edition soon that I won't put a time mark on it because it, it's a very difficult topic and, and you will see when that one will be out, uh, hopefully um, this Sunday, if that can give you a, a hint. Wink, wink if you know more or less what it, what it will be, uh, this Sunday. Uh, so we're uh, Thursday, 4th of March right now. I was supposed to upload this, ep this episode yesterday, but I got a bit caught up with uh, with other things. So, okay, so, so, so the idea of being skeptic in general, it will help you to develop a, a sense of critical thinking, to develop a sense on when you hear something or when you see something, you actually do your additional research to either base yourself on that claim and believe it or not believe it. And that's generally what I try to do as much as I can when I hear something that I'm not 100% sure about it. Even even if I'm 99% sure about it, you should always try and check your sources, you should always try and do that research and learn a bit more about it. 
And that's generally how you learn is by, is by just researching things. We have this amazing tool that's called Google, the internet that gives us access to virtually anything we want. Uh, and you can find anything you want in there, um, well, from opinions to facts, to lots of different people. That's where it comes to the social media platforms. So you do need to be skeptic about, about generally everything uh, and actually do ask, quite, do ask yourself questions regarding what you're hearing or what you're seeing. Uh, this is basically one of the underlying principles of critical thinking, uh, if I may say in, in, in that sense. Um, so, so, so when it comes to Euroscepticism, again, back to the example I, I brought up before, it's a bit the same principle. Uh, it's used in a very negative manner, at least where, where I'm standing from people. I mean, if you, if, if you speak to Farage, he will say, oh, no, uh, I actually really am anti-EU. But in his defense, he did say he did like the idea of the European Union, like a common market, a free movement, that kind of things. He just didn't like the the institutions, let's say, or the European Commission in general, or the, or, or the superfluous cost that the EU brings in apart from some very some sort of misinformation he said on quite a few things and I'm generally am pro EU but he does have a point it's in, it's in some certain matters right um, you need to ask yourself is this working for us and then from there you can actually get in a dialogue on how you can improve that specific system right now speaking about Europe so being Eurosceptic is not generally it's not generally something bad because in order to improve something you need to contest it first because you need to realize that something is wrong with that. So firstly, you say, okay, there's something wrong with that. Then you, your skepticism can, kicks in. Say, okay, I ask myself some questions. Then you ask those questions, and then you put them on in a dialogue, on a space, on a platform where you can actually contest those questions or what you perceive from them, your perception to that, and someone and and someone else's perception, right? And and and, and through that skepticism is how you can actually improve a system. Uh, that's generally how it goes. Um, you can't just be a conformist with with everything, right? That's why I actually do like a bit the 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 anarchist sense in a bit uh, terms of anarchy. Um, I'm not going to defend anarchy in itself because it's just completely undoable. It's not possible uh, anarchy in itself, and and it's also funny regarding anarchy because most of the people that consider themselves anarchists are on the far left, but they go completely against what anarchy actually means because the, the only thing they want is actually more institutions and more governmental power. So it, that has nothing to do with anarchy. A lot of people don't really get the, the term straight. Uh, they vote for parties that really want more institutional power and then in the end they say, you're, I'm an anarchist. No, you're not an anarchist. Uh, you're just another sheep in the, in the political spectrum believing anything and everything you hear uh, from the, let's say, political correct left and the social justice warriors on the left generally. So so that's my issue right there uh, when it comes to skepticism. You do need to contest everything. Um, now, there are some there are some problems with that, right? Because if, if, if you take this down into the private sphere, especially when you're growing up, when you're younger, and you... So this is... I think that the critical thinking approach needs to be a bit more developed throughout your teenage years or throughout your early adulthood, let's say. Because... It is a problem if you're a skeptic when you're eight years old, because then again, you just won't believe anything because you don't have the knowledge or the um, or the tools in that case um, to actually do that research and go to the end of your idea, right? Uh, just get a general conclusion. You're, you're too young to to have a credible, let's say, basis on that regard, or a good basis uh, when it comes to that. So 
So, so, so that's an issue. So it's generally throughout your teenage years or, or your early adulthood that you should start to contest things, ask yourself questions. This is how the biggest revolutions actually did start. I mean, uh, the people that are against the, 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 the general skepticism of, of the new political correct orthodoxy are the first ones that defend groups or movements that actually were the first ones to be skeptic with the general systems that were in place, the governmental systems, the economic systems, etc. And that did allow us to actually evolve and have a better society for all of us. That's what actually what allowed it. There was this article that that I read, um, I think it was on Aerial magazine, I think, um, that they were speaking how the, the left in the UK should actually be the pioneers in it in in spreading free speech or the right to free speech right it's it's free speech that allows you to be skeptic and and let's say contest positions of power and it's funny because the same side and and I do agree that every single party should should promote free speech or should lead free speech in their own way um because in the end, it's what allows everyone, is what allows the dispossessed to have a voice and contest the structures of power. And again, I really don't understand how come it's always the left opposing free speech on a, mace, on a basis of offence, let's say, or on a basis of, of, of them being offended by some specific claims you might make against a specific ideology or, or a specific set of ideas. Again, I'm going to repeat a phrase that I really do love that was said by Majid Nawaz. Um, it was something like, um, no, no idea is above scrutiny and no individual is beneath dignity or below dignity. So, something of the sort. Um, and I think that is completely right. You need to understand when you criticize an idea, you're not criticizing an individual in itself. So being skeptic about ideas and to actually preach for f uh, free speech or promote free speech in itself should be something that should be mutually agreed on when it comes to an, to an actual healthy, let's say, society. So you can get into dialogue with each other and, and actually do improve uh, the systems in which you live. Uh, so, so this article is very interesting because they actually were making a case on how the left should actually preach for free speech or they should promote it as much as possible which is not really happening because they're actually the ones against it in general not not all the left of course i always try to to differentiate the 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 normal left from the hard left and the extreme left like i differentiate the normal right from the hard right and the extreme right right so so so, so those are things to, to to take to have in mind right when it comes to to free speech and skepticism you need to contest these ideas or at least internally just so you're able to process them and understand them and not just blindly believe everything that you see or that you read uh, whether it's at school at home um at work pretty much anywhere that's why i generally do believe that that everyone should be a skeptic regarding everything Again, now we're going to come to the negative side of being too much of a skeptic. Um, if you're not able to balance this skepticism, if you're not able to put some limits to it, uh, what I mean by limits is not that saying something should be skeptic about. What I mean by limits is that you should know when you should stop contesting something. And when you should stop is when you have the facts in front of you and you've actually had a discussion with someone about it, 
right? Regardless, I mean that that that's generally the limit when when you have enough information to actually make that claim. Um, you shouldn't because that's actually the line where you when you go from believing something and having the facts and knowing it's true and going on a free fall towards conspiracy theories, th- uh, theories, right? So, so, so when you get to that point and you're too much of a skeptic, say, okay, I've, I've, I've read all this, I know it. For example, um, uh, the flat earth uh, <laughs> theories, right? Uh, they have all the facts, but then again, they still decide to go beyond those facts and say, that's all. A th- that's all. A, that, that, that's a big conspiracy. The QAnon conspiracies, or I mean, honestly, there are so many conspiracies nowadays. And then when you fall into when you fall into one conspiracy, you have a stronger proclivity to fall into all the other conspiracies that come after that. So that's a big danger there if you become too much of a skeptic, right? And this again comes to critical thinking. You should have these barriers, these internal barriers inside your mind, where you know, okay. This is where I should stop actually contesting it when I have all the information in front of me, when I have the information about it, or at least um, give give it the benefit of the doubt, right? That's even a better approach. If you give it the benefit of the doubt, you can believe it, but don't do anything about it. Just believe it, and then afterwards start doing your research. Is that is that when you say innocent until proven guilty, right? Uh, that's also a good approach that you can take, is that you're not gonna directly accuse someone of something but you can imagine it let's say and then when you have your facts straight then you can actually make that claim until then you zip it and you do your research that's generally what i try but of course everyone does a lot of mistakes uh, i know i've done probably every i mean everyone virtually everyone has done a lot of mistakes in saying things that weren't true uh, it was actually funny because i posted uh, a, a a picture on facebook it was a satirical picture of course um it, w- it was a meme that basically the 5g uh connections uh like this big theory that it was a 5g that caused coronavirus because 5g did this to the bats and then the bats went to a soup i mean it, it was a it was a meme a funny meme that I posted on facebook and then it got cancelled um uh, I don't know, a week ago, two weeks ago, I said, okay, I mean, of course, they can take it off if they want, but but they actually did think that I was being serious with that post when it was just a funny post in general, which, I, I mean, I don't mind, they can take it off, it's not it's not something I'm, I'm, I'm going to cry about. Uh, but it was funny in that case, because you do need to have some sort of limit to conspiracy theories. And the problem is when you fall into one, you fall into all of them behind that. And that's generally when it comes again to all these skeptics on the left, when they're too much of a, they are too skeptic about everything, and they have an overpowering, an emotional overpowering over the over the facts. And basically the facts get gobbed up by that emotion. And when that gets done, it's very difficult to get outside because that everything that just comes after that, every single fact will get completely disregarded uh, on the basis that their emotions believe that's not actual, that's not an actual fact. And when we can actually agree on the facts, that's where it becomes an issue. Uh, the whole point of being able to agree on the fact is that you can discuss the perception of it. That's okay, but as long as you agree with the fact, right? Um, so, so, so that's the side of, of skepticism in a way which it can be very, very nefarious for society in general, for young people, for, well, really everyone, not just young people in a way. Uh, and that's something really to have in mind. But I, I, I will still make my case that everyone should be a skeptic about everything. 
uh, but with some limits. You should give it the benefit of the doubt, of course, but at the same time, take the initiative to do your research. Um, and specifically because I just don't want the term skepticism to be perceived in a negative manner, which it generally is, right? Uh, disagreeableness or one of the, I think, I, I, I think you can make a case that skepticism is is a trait of, of disagreeableness in general, is, um, is that, right? You should be, you should be skeptic about virtually everything. Um, for example, people tend to use an emotional argument to convince people on specific things, right? Um, we could take, for example, a gender identity, where right now, I don't know, I mean, dozens, um, maybe more more than a hundred gender expression, different gender expressions, right? Um, now, gender, biological sex, it's it's a difficult conversation because you do have the biology that can't be disregarded. That's science, right? And even if you say there's a consensus of ninety five percent of biology, I mean, this happens a lot also with a um, uh, with climate change when I said there's a consensus between biologists. Generally, science isn't based on consensus. Generally, science is based on a research and some empirical evidence that has been conducted in order to get to that conclusion, right? Uh, it's not based on saying 10 scientists agree. Um, that's not the argument you're going to make to a scientific fact. The argument you're going to make to a scientific fact is all the research the fact being based on that research, basically, that's a, <clears throat> that's a general idea, right? And the problem with that is that when you start getting some bias on your, on your ideological or political perception, um, that's why it really becomes an issue because you let your emotions actually gob up all of those facts. That come. I'm really sorry, my, my dog just woke up and he's hitting the, the table. Um, so, so, so that is an issue right there. And I really do want people to think that being skeptic is not a bad thing, that you can be skeptic about things, even the European Union. I mean, you can contest some specific things that you don't really agree with. That doesn't mean you don't agree with the general idea of the European Union or, or the values it, a, um, it expands or it shares or it wants to promote with people, which, which I, I, I really am all for uh, European values or Western values, which people tend to say they are universal values, like the uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, but they're not really universal in a way. They are they are Western. Um, you're not going to get the same set of values all around the world. So that's again asserting the the Western superiority of the value system, which is another conversation to be had I, um, uh, regarding that specific thing right there. Because it's not always easy to say, okay, my values are superior than yours. It's not easy to say it, but that's generally what you are saying when you say you have a set of values. Because if you have a set of values, you have a value hierarchy. If you have a value hierarchy, that means that some values are more important to you than others, right? So you can assert that they are better, uh, that they are more important, right? So, so the general definition of values already underlines the fact that there needs to be a value hierarchy and underlines the fact that there are good values and there are bad bad values and there are good value systems and there are bad value systems. And that's the general distinction that needs to be made, right? Even though we want to call them universal values or universal rights, it's not really the case yet because they're only still being really implemented in the West or as much as, much as we can or 
or let's say we are trying as, as much as we can to actually do implement uh, universal human rights a bit, everyone, uh, general rights that uh, you can live wherever you want. There's no problem being, there's no problem in loving a man, there's no problem in loving a woman. Um, and that the government shouldn't impose anything on you regarding, for example, your sexuality, right? Or freedom of speech, for example, that you actually are allowed to contest government and contest uh, those positions of power. That's, that, that, that really is the point of free speech. Or one of, or one of the points in any case is to be able to contest positions of power. Uh, it's, it's giving you a tool to give you a voice, right? It's your tool to speak up. And that's why you need to do a very, very clear balance uh, between skepticism, free speech, not being skeptic at all, and just blindly believing everything uh, you see, you hear, uh, people tell you. And both options are really bad. Both options are really bad, like, like, like I explained previously. Uh, it really is a double-edged sword. But again, everyone should just be a skeptic about virtually anything. And when you actually do develop this, this, this this critical way of thinking. Uh, be skeptic about when people tell you uh, you need to develop a, a critical sense of thinking, right? I'm not here telling you that I possess the truth. I'm not here telling you that I possess the universal truth and you should believe everything I say. Uh, I'm telling you to do your research on what I say and then from there you can make up your own mind, right? Um, that's something that, that needs to be said at the same time. I'm not claiming, I'm not asking you to think how I think. I am asking you to do your own research on what I'm saying. Check if it's true or if it's not. And then you can have your own opinion about it. Um, that's the main thing that I really am asking from people. And really also be skeptic about when people tell you they want the best for you. Um, my dad used to say, or he, 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 keeps saying, <laughs> he keeps saying it anyway in Spanish, uh, which is said, tanta amabilidad me confunde. So that's basically... Uh, uh, so much sympathy confuses me. I, I, I guess you could translate it to sympathy. Uh, so much kindness confuses me, right? So basically he says that when someone comes to, to him being nice, right? And he doesn't know the person whatsoever. Uh, so not family, not a friend, not someone you know. Someone you know generally will be nice towards you. But when someone you don't know and that you don't owe him anything or he doesn't owe you anything and he's just really kind but too kind they say oh there's a problem there he wants something that person wants something so you should be skeptic you should be wary of what the other person actually expects from you and what that person wants from you um so that's actually something a a, a general philosophy that, that i actually do try implement as much as i can i don't generally trust that people want my my um my well-being or that's generally what happens also in political parties they always go like we want your well-being we want your well-being but virtually it's 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 difficult to believe because then again every single party is saying the same thing so which party am i supposed which party wants my well-being more right which political party wants it more and then you don't really know what to do because every single party has their different approach to that specific issue that they want to resolve um and then from there, how you know who you're going to vote is by making your research. Saying, okay, which political party does defend my values the most? Which political party does say things that actually make sense? Um, you need to be as coherent as possible in your claims. There's, there's a big problem there also in terms of uh, in terms of coherence, right? Between, uh, sorry, I have a bit of a, uh, of a blocked nose. There's a big issue also uh, in terms of uh, in terms of coherence. Uh, of parties. I mean, 
I saw something, um, and and to, and to give you an example on the transgender issue, um, there was the Harry Potter role game, right? That they want to create transgender characters, um, and and I, and I don't have an issue with the fact they want to create transgender characters. I I have, I, I'm a, I'm a bit skeptical of the fact of how because for me transgender people are just a man or a woman. If a man decides to become a woman, then for me he is a woman, right? So he becomes a she and vice versa. If a she decides to become a he, for me, she just becomes a he, a man. Um, so I, I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure of what a transgender character is in a way, uh, because transgender character again just keeps enforcing the the binary perception of the sexes, and these same people that want to, that do defend a lot of transgenderism, uh, which I rightfully so in a way. Uh, are the same ones saying that 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 gender is a social construct. But then if gender is a social construct, why would a trans person decide to become a man or a woman that actually that does fit in inside a gender binary in general, right? So for me, that's just not a, a, a coherent perspective on you either defend that there are no biological genders and that gender is a social construct, or you say that gender is actually has some actually some biological basis because if not then why would a transgender man have surgery um to change his genitalia for example or why a transgender woman will have surgery to to implement a pair of breasts for example right um so those are general questions i ask myself i mean if you if you don't defend the gender binary how how would you say that a man becomes a woman if woman being a woman is just a social construct, right? And then this comes down the slippery slope of saying that anyone can just claim to be anything they want to be. What's happening in Spain right now? They are they're trying to put in a law that basically a man or anyone no, okay, not a man, anyone uh, can change the gender without any further research or study on their case, for example. So. Uh, this is what they're trying. I'm not entirely sure if it passed or not. To be, I, have, I haven't really been following that that story uh, that much. But but the idea was to say you can be. I can go now and say I I identify myself as a woman, and they will write me down as a woman without. I don't have any general feminine characteristics or not as many. I have some femininity in me, like everyone has some masculinity. I mean, we all have a bit of masculinity and we all have a bit of femininity uh, in our personality uh, in, in, in different spaces. But that goes down to the fact that anyone can just say they're a woman. So if a man now goes to prison, he can just say, no, I'm actually a woman. And imagine that man went to prison because of rape and then he says, oh, I'm a woman. And then he goes to woman's prison. So it's, it's going down on the basis that it, it's defending women's rights. But at the same time, they're not really going with the main fundamental idea of what is feminism to defend women's rights in, in that regard. When it comes over to transgender people in sports, that's also a very, very difficult conversation and, and one it should be had because it's just getting generally perceived that a biological man can fight MMA against a biological woman. I had this conversation with uh, with Natalie Nicota last time and I told her, uh, if, if you disregard gender, and you get the 100 best MMA fighters in the world. I can assure you, I, can, I mean, I'm 100% sure about this, 100%. Now, out of those 100, there'll be 99 that would be biological men and maybe one woman. So then, firstly, there'll be no woman in MMA, 
right? So you do need to discern these two physical differences between people with different biological characteristics, let's say, or physical characteristics. Um, anyway, I, I changed a bit the, the subject, but the, that was generally to say that you should always be skeptic about everything you read and not always believe everything you hear. Um, but be wary of the other side because then you actually do, you are in a position into falling into conspiracy theories, which can even be more nefarious than just believing everything in itself. And then of course, everyone has their own responsibility. So everyone should actually, or has to actually, um, how do I put this? Needs to be responsible on what they say and what they do. Um, and on what they're actually claiming. That's just a individual responsibility that everyone should have. They all have a role to play. We all have a role to play. But of course, your position doesn't mean that two people in different positions will have the same weight or responsibility. That's why when a politician says something um, and it's badly perceived, all that responsibility crumbles down because then he has no credibility uh, in that thing he said, right? Uh, he has a lot more to lose. So the more risk you have, the more you gain, because of course he's a politician, so he's higher up in the in the social stratus, right? But he has a lot more risk because if he says something that could all completely crumble down, that's generally also going towards the the economic, um, the, the general economic system. That the more you gain, it's because you possess more risk, and that if something happens, you 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 take all of that on you, or the, the fault is yours, and you lose virtually everything. Whereas a worker generally is protected by the state uh, and by other things. So um, anyway, that's just me making links between absolutely everything because it generally, um, that's generally what you try to do is that just create a a not, a not kind of framework where you can insert the information and then create the links between that and develop just a general knowledge on general matters uh, in life or in your, in your public and private sphere. In any case, I'm gonna leave it there. And this was why I virtually do think, I think that everyone should be a skeptic everything just don't fall onto the other side that could be uh bad for you and for everyone anyway um again thank you very much everyone for listening this is ismail pai civico and this was the civic podcast see you next time